Hello everybody, Austin here with a little bit of an announcement for Season 7. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that going forward, uh, the season will actually be undergoing a little bit of a name change. Um, during development, the season was actually called Wormwood, which you may remember as the name of the first location the team went to. That was going to be something going forward throughout the whole thing. But during development, I noticed that last season was heavily influenced by Planescape Torment, a game written by someone named Chris Avalon. And this season was heavily inspired by the game Fallout New Vegas, also written by Chris Avalon. So I thought it would be thoughtful to shout out that person uh, with the name of this season, but over the last week, some allegations have emerged as part of a larger movement in the video game industry to hold harassers and abusers responsible for their actions. And so we talked about it as a cast and decided the sensitive thing to do would be to drop that name going forward and move back to the original name, Wormwood. So that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, as always, let us know if you have any feedback. We love to be uh, receptive and understanding and sensitive to any feelings you might have about the situation. And uh, thank you for thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your understanding, and we appreciate your support. Wake up to the job of the bell. No sweat now, feeling swell. Gee golly, it's a beautiful day. You're gonna burn my troubles away. I'm going to live. I should stop staring at the newspaper, the outside window to my room, and Twitter when I record. Because I've been doing all of that, and it's really bringing me down. This, this, this could change my energy for the whole show entirely. Oh, finally, you're going to be the lighthearted, funny one, as opposed to the stoic, serious one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so last time we left this adventure, the party was very successful uh, in a few things, and then at the end, things kind of came crashing down. So to recap, uh, the party was going through the glass forest. They met some bat folk who uh, offered help. Uh, I don't think they were that bad. <laughs> they offered to help her find her mother. In Keep exchange- that in! You can't cut that! Okay, in exchange for helping establish trade routes with uh, Harp City, the major, uh, where you're going anyway, frankly. Um, But there was a problem, which was there was a demon in the forest that everyone was afraid of. It worked out pretty well, all things considered. Uh, There was only two minor complications. One was Sabrina got a concussion and started calling everyone by the wrong names. And then... uh, Lola Beans said something she should not have said, which led to her eventually being taken prisoner. Oh, me? Never. Um, yeah, so the way this season started was Chris's character was like, I'm the White Wolf, and that's all my name is. And then Lauren kept calling her Brina, which is not a name she should have known in character. We all say Sabrina out of character. I feel like that's a fair mistake. But Lola Beans kept saying Brina in character, so I sent Chris a message saying next time she does that, call her out. She should not know that. And then it escalated uh, (laughs) on screen to the point where you were uh, taken out by Zer, and you have been tied up, and the party is now extremely suspicious of you. Nobody cares. They're going to put me in jail anyway. Well, I mean, we don't have to put you in jail. Just tell us what's going on. This feels like jail. This is... 
This is mobile jail. There's jail on the road. Jail's not usually on the road. Look at all these nice sights you get to see. It's barely jail. It's more like you don't have free will until you tell us what's going on. But I'm going to sadly play my jug. <laughs> no, you cannot play your jug. You're tied up. You can't reach the jug. my jug? <laughs> We've taken your jug. It's the only jug. thing I had left. <laughs> you can have the jug back if you tell us, like, a tiny bit of what's <laughs> oh going on. Oh, my God. On. You take everything from her. <laughs> uh, so, Lola, you're, like, tied to Stuart's saddle. And you're, you're still there. You can still talk and interact with the party in and out of character. Uh, but for the moment, you cannot uh, physically interact with the world. Uh, the party has left the glass forest. Everyone's healed from their short rest. Um, and you're making your way across the salt flats toward Harp City. Um, what uh, do you all talk about with your new prisoner? Uh, right now, it's just salt in every direction. There's nothing really to comment on. Although it is funny that Vindross says, like, there's all these sites for you. So that's... <laughs> there's no sites. It's just all salt. Where are you going to see salt flats in a jail cell? Probably nowhere. In the jail cell, because the jail windows look out on the salt flats, because everything is salt flats. So, I mean, I just... You're assuming the jail cells have windows. You don't know if I've been to jail or not. Some jails have windows, some don't. We were all thrown in a cell together. It had no windows, I don't think. That was like a locker room. It's different. Hey, hey, what, white, white wolf. Um, just, just checking in. What, have your opinions of what our names are changed at all? No, still there? What do you mean? Yo, Vindross, I know your name. Okay, okay, okay. So we're not the many, many, many other people you've been calling us for a while. Okay, cool, cool. You called me your sister and they put me in jail. Yeah, you were dropping a lot of names and talking a lot about about your sister not being very nice to you. Um, I think being locked in a in a cupboard or something was brought up. Yeah, that happened. I've never locked anyone in anything. Alright, then I guess I just need to know why you know my name. Alright, little lady. You know how I said you were royal and you were like, oh no, because you're trying to hide that because, you know, it's dangerous information. I have some of my own dangerous information regarding me. But it's all about me. And I'm not going to do anything to hurt you or y'all. I just wanna, you know, I just wanna go on this adventure with you, live things out with Stuart. I I have my secrets because I have my secrets. We all have our secrets. And if anybody tells you they have zero secrets, they're lying. Secrets are dangerous. Secrets endanger all of us. See, this is why the two of us just, we tell each other everything, you see. There are no secrets between us. Yeah, but y'all got some weird fucking thing going on, so... It's just about openness. I have secrets, and I feel like it's valid to have secrets. But what I will tell you is that, you know, I haven't hurt any all up to now, on purpose. Maybe by accident, because Stuart's pokey. But if I was really some kind of spy, or assassin, or kidnapper, I would have done all those bad actions much, much earlier than before we encountered a giant monster in the forest. So hopefully y'all can think of that and can think, oh, maybe we should not jail Lola because everybody's got a couple secrets. Um, and I don't, I, 
You know, y'all jailing me so quickly. That doesn't give me a lot of trust in y'all. So why would I want to tell you my secret when you just jail me for no reason? Zer says, we bat folk have a classic tradition in getting secrets out of people. It's a, a bit of a family secret. Does anybody have a very, very big knife? Little bitch. I have a knife that's big in comparison to myself. It's not probably as big for everyone else, but uh, I think we all know it's not the size that matters, but the sharpness of the blade. <laughs> can we roll perception for this party? All of you are walking across the salt flats, arguing about whether Lola can be trusted, but the world is still continuing on around you. I got a sixteen. Eight. Eighteen. Four. <laughs> but I got a good reason for that that we can throw in. Yeah, what's that? Uh, well, as they're as they're walking and this intimidation discussion is going on, Corton starts just ranting. Yeah, secrets are a poison that puts a rot into the tree of companionship, and we must work to be open and honest with our traveling convention. But we all walk together, or we all fall alone. Uh, and he's going to go on in this manner for at least a minute. Oh, well, while this is going on to explain Vindros's low role on, on perception, uh, she's too busy taking notes. She's trying to get all this down. This is very important. Maybe it'll be a parable someday. This is an extremely juicy set of dice because the party only succeeds if Lola contributes. If she does not, then the party fails. This perception check. So, well, then, then Lola should make a charisma or uh, should make a uh, um, a wisdom saving throw against my enthralling performance. Oh no! <laughs> no, I want to say I would want to roll. I would want to roll pers- uh, performance, not performance, persuasion on myself for all the things <laughs> versus your thing. So enthralling performance is a bard ability. Um, if I perform for at least a minute, I can choose uh, one or more creatures within a range that watched it. And they have to succeed a wisdom saving throw or be charmed. And when they're charmed, they idolize me. <laughs> okay, it's very unusual to use this on another player character, but this makes sense at this moment to, just for the, the sake of this perception role. So, Lola, wisdom to uh, to get past this performance? Crit! Oh, I fucking fuck. crit! Suck my dick! God <laughs> damn it! This is the best thing that's happened to me right <laughs> Lola can't use her arms and legs, but she's bodying all three of you. <laughs> oh. oh thank you roll 20 for this gift <laughs> with the crit lola you don't have to uh tell anybody anything you don't want to but you still have all the leverage because you're you're the deciding vote on the perception check so use your crit here to to kind of work this into the conversation naturally and see if you want to give them the information uh, so, you know, if I was really evil or, you know, trying to pull some shit on y'all, I wouldn't even even mention or offer the, the knowledge that maybe there's something we should all be noticing happening right now. But uh, as a prisoner, you know, I guess my, my voice doesn't count. I guess nobody wants to hear what I have to say, whether or not it's in charge of their own danger Why? or not. Why do you say that? Do you have an ambush waiting for us? Uh, no, I don't, but I have good eyes. I'm like y'all three, so I know what's up. Well, I, I mean, you know, and if we get attacked, you're already tied up. If we get attacked, up. they're gonna kill me too, but it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I would just stand to be in your interest. They had it coming, because they didn't believe Lola Beans. Maybe as a good will jester, you just, 
you know, tell us what's coming so that we can prepare and then maybe we'll trust you, maybe? I stopped y'all getting murdered by a giant, a giant monster. I groveled. You know how embarrassing that is to do in front of people you like? Uh, I, and then I, you know, I, I got the, I got the sloth green on our team and like, no appreciation for how hard a gecko's working you out here. You did grovel. I will give you that. God, did I grovel. God, you groveled so much. It was very embarrassing. Okay, Lola, now you have to make a choice. Do you tell them or not? You're out of time. I'm telling them because I'm a good girl. Mm-hmm. There, you can tell that they're about to walk over part of the salt flat that has something just under the crust. And if you step on it, you're going to break through. All right, well, I'm mad. I'm still mad at y'all. And I don't want you to think that I'm not going to talk about this with my therapist later. If I find a therapist. Uh, but maybe don't step on there because you'll fall through. <laughs> Vinjas could, could probably throw a, a rock of some kind out there. She's, she's got reasonable strength. Yeah, actually, this is a good opportunity to embarrass Corton because <laughs> he has none. <laughs> so, Vindros, I guess you take one of the shiny rocks out of Lola's bag because she loves those rocks so very much. And you throw it onto the flat ahead of you, and it just breaks through like the ground in front of you is made of, like, graham crackers. It just shatters and falls through, and it falls for a little bit before you hear it hit metal underneath the <gasps> ground. Metal? Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm. See? If I was evil, what I told you? I mean, you made it sound like something dangerous was coming, not there's some metal down there. You would have fallen through the goddamn earth. I mean, yeah, we would have fallen through the thing. You know what, Stuart? Break me out. Let's go. They're on their own now. Uh, At this point, Zer speaks up and says, you know, we've got a little bit more than a day's travel to Harp City. We're going to have to find somewhere to sleep, and we can't sleep on the salt. So you might want to be thinking about that. (laughs) Down in the new hole we made. (laughs) I'm prison. Can I see what's in the hole? Down the hole seems a bad place to camp. I don't know. I love a hole. Roll nature for hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna roll nature for hole. Roll for hole. I would love to roll for hole. That's the best thing I've heard all day. Oh, I'll roll for that hole. Botch! I crit again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. Everyone stay the fuck away from Lola. She's on fire. <laughs> and without- I actually did my minus three instead of minus two. So it was like an extra crit. Without the ability to, you know, do anything, she suddenly unlocked her full potential. Yeah, keep her tied up. She's much better this way. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> it wasn't even a bird. <laughs> I know. I'm just sad. Uh, okay, so the party goes over to where the Vindros threw a rock through the ground, and it goes to check out this this part of the the the, the salt. And it's an extremely fragile crust here, clearly uh, only recently settled over whatever is under the ground. Um, Corton, you've botched, so I mean, immediately you step in a wrong place and go crumbling through the ground, and you're just lost to the void. We'll deal with that in a second. Do <laughs> you want to do a Bye, you want to do a Looney Tunes <laughs> kind of sound effect? <laughs> That's a little more Stooges. But. Yeah. Or, uh, Wilhelm scream. Uh, you MP3. have to back away as you scream so it gets quiet. You've, you've got to be like um, running really fast on thin air for a few seconds before you fall. 
That's sort of like... (laughs) (laughs) I love the Foley work in this episode, let me tell you. The party succeeds, so uh, you all are peeking through where he went through, and you can tell that this isn't a particularly dangerous hole. It's not like Corton just fell onto spikes and is dead. So uh, (laughs) what I'm going to give you for your crit, Lola, is you can uh, safely... Um, kind of break the crust around here to make a uh, safe way to descend and go get him. So, yeah, describe to me how that works. How how does the party like go about creating uh, a safe ramp down to get Corton out of the hole? So you just gotta you just gotta do it a little little by little. You start on the outer edges of the crustiness, because uh, then it's more close to where you land. And then you just do a little bit. You just do a little bit of light breaking. It it kind of turns almost into a staircase. Uh, maybe you'll think, maybe, like, you know, for fun, you can even make a salt man out of it. It's, it's close <laughs> enough, but, uh... I, I like to picture that Lola's giving all these sort of, like, um, d- descriptions and instructions of what we're doing, sort of like they're a foreman or something, while still entirely tied up. I have a pencil behind my non-existent ear. Exactly, you just sat there like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you what to do, it's all good. <laughs> We're gonna need a doorway there. We're gonna need a staircase there. We're gonna need an open kitchen there. As the ground is chipped away, uh, something is revealed underneath the salt, which the players will recognize, but the characters won't. And that is an old rusted corpse of a school bus. Although that means absolutely nothing to the people seeing it right now. Uh, but this is where Corton fell into, like, through the roof of this school bus, which has, like, rusted away. And he just went right through the weakened metal and landed in the aisle. Uh, this this thing looks like it has seen better days, but it is not immediately dangerous to him. I will be needing a massage later, Vindras. Oh, don't worry. Got you covered. General insight on the school bus. What are its intentions, Austin? You should definitely roll something on the school bus. I don't think it's insight. I think I can I roll intimidation on survival? the school bus? Survival? Uh, investigation? It's survival. investigation. Why does survival. everyone every roll have to be so Cause weird? Because I'm so much better at survival and investigation. <laughs> I'm so much better. Uh, I botched to investigate the Jesus school bus. Jesus Christ. Uh, 18. 14. Nine. I didn't crit, though. That's a new thing this tonight. <laughs> All right, so we have the party basically succeeds, but Vindros botches. This has been such a weird episode so <laughs> yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because it's just been this episode that's been <laughs> like this. Uh-huh. It's not like Roll20 has been consistently over the course of this entire season so far been just botch critting. All the time. <laughs> I found a secret package in Roll20. If I pay $4 a month, they add uh, 500% extra botches and crits into the rolls. <laughs> and I just thought it'd be really funny. Okay, so the party succeeds. So you can make this school bus safe to sleep in for the night so that you don't have to sleep on the salt. I want to put a swimming pool in it. But Vindros, you botched, which means I think you think the only safe way to do this is to get the bus out of the hole. You think if you leave it in the hole, salt will fall down and like collect in it and it will become too dangerous to sleep in. So you convince the party you have to get this entire school bus out of the hole first. And I want to hear how you do that because it seems extremely difficult. I don't know how to help. I'm tied up. I don't know what I can do. Must suck to be tied up and not being able to help. Ooh, I might know how I can help. I just need to Google something. <laughs> oh no, that never is the right answer. Hey, hey, I think it's totally the right answer. 
I feel um, like every time somebody said, let me Google something, it ends up nasty. No, I, 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 it's gonna be good. It's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot to roll for Corton falling through the crust. So you're gonna take uh, just two damage. I rolled poorly. Uh, okay. You That's bullshit damage. You, yeah, you crash through the top of the rusted school bus and land in the aisle and only take a little bit of damage from that. I know right. how I can help. I have enhance ability, and I can use the thing that makes me strong like a bull to have advantage on strength to help get this bus out of the hole. It seems like a lot of work. It's so big. Hey, I have advantage on something. I'm doing it. <laughs> Austin never gives me advantage. I'll give myself advantage. That's the least true thing anyone said since the last time Chris <laughs> talked. You want to roll? <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling. Seems to be um, a lot of anti-Chris rhetoric today. <laughs> uh, uh, 15 on strength? Uh, so I was looking for a 20 to get it out by yourself, but with 15, I would say, uh, Vindros, you uh, cast the Enhance Abilities uh, spell on yourself, it will get all four arms on the back of the bus and start pushing it, and you actually like do get it moving, um, because it's been hollowed out by rust in time, so a lot of it's missing. It's not as heavy as it used to be, and you can push it like up the edge of the like up the wall of this hole you made uh someone else needs to help to finish this but you made actual real progress does anybody else have a way to help here like so like essentially if we're trying to get it up a little bit of a ramp to to get it up can i i want to like kind of freeze like so i have the ability to shape water so i want to shape water and then freeze it at like to kind of place it as a ramp to like create create a ramp to make it so it's just easy to push up yeah, I love that. All right, so Sabrina creates an ice ramp that Vindros can push the bus up and out of the hole. And now you have a place to sleep for the night uh, so you won't die because that will be the result if you try to sleep on the salt. Um, so the party is safe, and all that really happened was that uh, Corton got a little boo-boo on his butt. Y'all welcome. Uh, Sabrina's going to go over then, and she's going to take her dagger, and she's going to cut the ropes that are holding Lola. Hell Yeah! Uh, Vindros is going to head right over to Lola and go, I'm real glad you've been let out. I I can be your friend again now you're out of jail. How are you doing? <laughs> I don't trust you. You think I trust you? I don't trust the baby now. Well, the, I was waiting for the baby to do it because it didn't seem fair to, for me I'm to make that choice. Okay, sorry. You know Give what I meant. You're the youngest one in the party other than maybe Sloth Green, who may or may not be a baby, but... Hey, I I was fully open to White Wolf here cutting cutting you free anytime they felt ready. So I'm gonna do the thing where I point at my eyes and then point back at her with the two fingers and be like, "I'm watching you, Neil." Vindros will do finger guns back and try and wink and be like, "Yeah, we're friends." Nice yeah. mm, try, but no. Okay, so Brina, now that we're allowed to know who you are, I'm gonna keep calling you that. Uh, why did you decide to uncut me? It's not really fair to keep someone like that tied up, so that's really it. You're a good little bean. I appreciate that. Um, so, as it, you know, because I'm going to just pretend to be normal now. Let's all go to sleep and none of us will wake up tied up anymore. Right? <laughs> right? Say, speak for yourself. <laughs> No! <laughs> I walked into that one! Now, uh, uh, Corton's busy trying to set up a place to lay down and get his ass massage. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
forgot about the ass massage. How could we ever forget about the ass massage? Wait, it, it's it, it's it's not that he's not concerned about this, but if if Sabrina is comfortable with it, it's not his concern at that point. Yeah, so I guess you all are going to make camp inside this rusted out bus. Uh, Zero's going to fly around and do reconnaissance. Uh, he'll be back in a little bit. So l- let's ha- let's have this conversation. Is everybody uh, I wanted to talk feel safe? to Lola. Oh, no, wait, I am Lola. I want Lola to talk to Sabrina alone. Mm-hmm. Without Vendross or Corton. Bye, bitches. Um... <laughs> Sabrina, I just need to talk to you real quick because I understand it's scary. You had a concussion. You thought I was apparently your really fucking mean older sister. Um, but I just want to reassure you, I'm not here to hurt you. All I want to do is guide you and protect you. But much like you know that you have to keep some of your things secret to keep yourself safe. I got I got secrets like that too. My secrets aren't gonna hurt you. Um, so, you know, the other two idiots, they do whatever they want. But I just want you to know. The camera definitely pans over to Vindros massaging Corton's ass and then back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wordlessly. I just want to know that you know that I know that and that I'm on your side. It's fine. I'm used to people at the castle be liars. Well, I'm not a liar. I just got my own secrets. That's what they all say. I I hope you can come to trust me again. Uh, hopefully I won't get bit in the throat by Zerigan, because I ain't like that. That was no good. I'd stop him with my magic. I really appreciate that, Beena. Beena! That's your nickname now, it's Beena, because you're Brina and I'm Beans. I'm gonna Beena. My siblings gave me nicknames, too. Well, I mean it in an endearing way. It means I like you. Uh... I've been tied up all day. I'm going to go to sleep and stretch out as much as possible now before I get tied up again. Who knows? People just tie up people all the time here, apparently. It's fine. We'll, we'll leave you the, uh, the, the, the aisle way to lie in so you can real stretch out. No, I'm real short. I'm going to lay in one of the seats like a little bed. <laughs> Perverts. Perverts. Is that their team name now? <laughs> yeah. There's the Beanas oh, and the Perverts. Yeah, that's good. That's right. It, right. Th- mm. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you want to. Every episode of a little... new ringtone. Oh, man. I had, to, I had to go, guys, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's Conrad, a thing. no. Sorry. <laughs> the Conrad noises will continue until morale improves. <laughs> It's making morale worse. <laughs> it's not. It's very fun. All right. If nobody responds to his weird noises, I'm going to make you roll for initiative. <laughs> I went to sleep. I, went, I did a talk and I came up with a cute name and I went to sleep. I feel like I did my part. Well, I mean, Vindress has got asked to massage. I don't know what else she can contribute right now. <laughs> roll for initiative. Fuck you all. <laughs> Twelve. Seventeen. Eighteen. Yeah, of course he'd be first. Ten. <laughs> Twenty-one! Look, this is this is Stop the it. only scenario in which Corton has a chance of going first. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Why does it have to be like this? Why'd you let them have a sex cult, Austin? You knew what you were walking into. 
So uh, you all are trying to settle down to sleep for the night when you hear in the distance Zur shouting back to you, saying, "Something's coming! Something's coming! Get your weapons! Get ready! Something's coming!" Oh wait, we had this. Wait, no, this initiative actually matters. Yes. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna go first. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> this isn't what I wanted. What did you think rolling first on initiative would do, Lauren? I thought it was a joke initiative because we were pissing him off, but I guess we pissed him off so much that it's a real initiative. It would be an ambush if you hadn't recruited Zur, so that's, that's a good thing. He's a, he's a guy. He's a I would say he's a good bean, but he bit my throat, so. Mm. That can be a good bean quality to have. Austin. Yes. Control yourself. Uh, so in the distance, Lola, you on the initiative. So you see something coming towards you from the direction of the glass forest. And it's a like a distant uh, cloud of salt from something coming very quickly. Um, I mean, obviously, you you don't have the um, the concept of like cars. But like if a car was speeding across the salt flat and there was like a, a, a cloud of salt following it, it's something like that. It's coming very fast. Hey, there's something coming really fast. I don't know what a car is, but if I did, it better look like it was a car driving oh across. Oh my the- god, there's no way you can be like this every time. <laughs> it's fun. Oh no, it's a big evil metal monster coming for us. Ah. There's a really large, very fast thing coming this way. Can't see what it is, but oh boy, it's fast. Hey Lauren, you ready to fight this? No. Punch that I car. Want to fight things. I'm so tired. I don't want to fight things. Everything is already a fight every day. Be like in the video game where you the the, the fighting game where you got to beat up the car into rubble by punching it a bunch. Okay, so do any of you make any preparations or anything? Because you get you want initiative, so this is your chance. I like. To, can I? I'm gonna cock. cock. I'm gonna get my bow ready. <laughs> I yeah, I was saying cock my bow, but I don't think you cock a bow. You knock a bow. Cock, 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 cock. So, uh, I don't know if this is a good idea. Oh, no. But it's what I think she would do. Uh, oh, no. Sabrina's going to prepare a spell. And when this thing gets within 90 feet, she's going to cast sleep. <laughs> oh, Can't no. sleep everything to death. Could be asleep at the wheel. That's bad. Oh. Oh, that's murder. Is it bad that I had exactly the same yeah. thought? <laughs> you would just do it together. <laughs> so the the dust cloud's getting closer and closer and closer. Sabrina, you step up and you start preparing a spell. Uh, 90 feet, I think, is close enough. Uh, that's, what, 30 yards? Yeah, you can see the outline of this thing as it gets closer. Uh, it is one person riding on the back of what appears to be an animal. Um, oh. The person you recognize. The animal you don't. Who's the person? Oh, it's that pterodactyl dude. Ah! Uh, we stole his mask, and I use it for my pet now. Oh heck! This is the Terran executioner from the uh, Rally Ball Stadium. You used sleep on him, and you took his mask, but he's very much alive, and in fact, still dressed in the mascot costume, just without the headpiece. <laughs> this time, it's personal. He wants the head back. That head that is now my weapon. Oh, oh yeah, no, he but he can have the head back. That'd be fine. He can just put the head back on. No problem. Well, no, Sabrina loves that head now. Well, no, the the carbon elemental would presumably just devour. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> oh, let's give him his hat. Let's give it back then. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, this the executioner. I'm just gonna call him the executioner as the name of this character is not not wielding an obvious weapon, although they they do look very determined from this distance. Sabrina, you see the the thing they are riding on appears to be a giant bull, but as it gets closer and you see the way the sun reflects off of it, you see that it is actually fully metallic. This is a, like a, a a brass bull automaton of some kind. Oh, that's good. Ooh. All right, I'm trying to make him do go to sleep. <laughs> All right, cast sleep. I'm a little sad because you said bull and I thought you said vol. <laughs> vol would be very good. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm going to befriend that fucking bull. So 34. Yeah, interesting. That's a lot. That is that is very a lot. Here's an interesting thing that happens, Sabrina. You you do the thing where you throw your hands out. What was the noise you yeah. make? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is this is as strong as the sleep spell that took out the executioner last time. So you expect it's going to work again, uh, but it doesn't. And in fact, when you do that, you see uh, there is a wave of magic that emanates from the executioner, specifically a wave of pink magic that like bursts off of him, almost like a shield effect. Could I do an Arcana check to know what that is? Absolutely. Ooh, I want to get in on that. Yes, yeah, same. Oh well, I botched, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm very distracted because my spell should have worked. It should have worked. At nine. I got a 17. Uh, so the party succeeds, but we have a botch, which is just how this goes from now on. Every fucking episode lately. Yeah, here's how this works. Uh, the party knows that this pink is the exact same shade as the salt you saw earlier, which Sabrina identified as uh, relating to her father. So, Corton, with your 17, I think you're the strongest, like, in that, you're the most secure in that knowledge that this has something to do with her father. But because, Sabrina, you botched, I think you now are convinced that this means this this executioner's undefeatable. You're, like, terrified. You're actually, I think you're going to take the status effect of, of frightened because oh, you're no. like, oh, no, this is my dad's work. We're all f- doomed. We're screwed. Well, it's bad. All right. Uh, I want to cast a spell. Yeah, so we're now in the order. This is combat. Lola, you're up first. Uh, the executioner is riding. It's actually a bronze bull. I think I said brass last time. It's bronze, and you can see behind its eyes the f- a flickering flame. Uh, this mount is full of fire. A bull would still be better. I'm going to cast Fog Cloud Okay. to try and slow it down because it can't see shit and everything's flat, so it's easy to maybe go the wrong direction. <gasps> if it accidentally falls down the hole... Yeah, that's all I'm working on. Uh, I created a 20 feet radius sphere of fog centered on a point within 120 feet. So I want to have that 20 foot radius contained uh, around an area where, like, he can be solid. And then because he can't see because it's a goddamn fog cloud, he falls in the hole. This is almost too competent for this party. Like, normally when we do combat, they're like, I don't know, I put the sword up my nose. It's like this complete bullshit idiocy. And now you're like, actually, we're going to set a trap. We're going to obscure our vision. We're going to set an ambush. Like, it's what? It, what's happening? Are, did you guys conspire? What's going on? No, uh, I guess I just work well under sadness. We, 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 we got all of our, like, sex jokes out in, like, a three-minute span. And now that all we have left is competency. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like that post nut clarity. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's uh, roll twenty gave me a crit, so I'm full of hope this episode. So I it's post crit clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, post crit clarity. Uh, Corton, it's your turn. Lola dropped a fog cloud on the party and the the, the hole in the ground. Okay. Uh, Corton's gonna cast shatter. <laughs> oh, that's a good spell. Yeah, I like it. 
It's one of my favorites. Uh, so uh, he, he's he's gonna be doing his tongue speaking and, uh, uh, and 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 cause a, a loud ringing noise to erupt from wherever it is at the moment. Ten. Uh, so twenty damage. So twenty damage. That's a lot. Corton, we want to describe that. Yeah. So as he's uh, <coughs> speaking in tongues, uh, there's this. Uh, wave of of just it's not it's not screaming <laughs> oh, no it, it's, it's, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's well, I mean it's kind of like screaming <laughs> it's definitely loud it's kind of like uh, yeah oh my god yeah. is it really Conrad <laughs> Is it really? Are you doing this to me right now? I'm taking psychic damage. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I am too. But you could fill in the rest, listener. We know. Vindross, it's your turn. Um, so, in an attempt to further this plot to uh, get this thing to drive into the hole, um, I've I've got this abalone's axe, right? Axelone. Yeah, the axe baloney. Axe baloney, um, that's right. Yeah, so I want to try and make a, a, I'm guessing, like, performance or persuasion or something. I want to wave this axe around and be like, hey, you want this back, fucker? Deception. You're trying to trick him into a hole. Okay, okay, deception. <laughs> Love to trick people into a hole. That's a four. I'm really not doing well with these oh, rolls no. today. <laughs> okay, so Vindros, you run over to the hole and you start waving the uh, the opalescent axe in front of the it. axe baloney. The axe baloney, trying to get the executioner's attention, and you're stirring up the mist. And what you actually do is make yourself a really good target uh, to be run the fuck over by this this bronze bull. But also, you see the executioner more clearly now, and because we talked before about his uh, rippling physique he famously has crotch abs but also just kind of oh that's right <sighs> mm-hmm. he's like very muscular and very lean but you're looking at him now astride this bull and you see like pushing up through his skin are all these tiny pink crystals like rupturing just like boils out of his skin all up his arms and chest and up his like neck oh. and it seems like it's a bad it's a bad look for this dude yeah, that looks like a bad time. I don't like that. Um, yeah. Okay, bef- before I finish my turn, um, Vindras is going to cast Spiritual Weapon. Um, is that a bonus and, action? Uh, that is a bonus action. Okay. Um, I'm literally going to summon a a glowing version of the Axe Baloney to sort of hover over the Axe Baloney. So it's, it now just, it's now just a glowing Axe Baloney. It's got cooler stats. It does better damage, but... It's the lightsaber equivalent of this abalone axe. All right, it's Sabrina's turn, but you have to save against the fear because you now think this person has been blessed by your father and is thus invincible. So, I rolled a fifteen to save. That is that is enough. So, what do you say or do that reassures you enough? You're still you lost your turn, but you're no longer frightened. Uh, so I would like to think it's not anything Sabrina does, but it's the fact that she sees her companions all casting spells. And, like, somewhat, like, all of them seem to be effective against this person. And it just reinforces her mind that she's the the white wolf, the leader of this pack. And the pack can strike together. 
So it's her allies giving her confidence. All right, so Sabrina is reassured and is now the executioner's turn. You see he's getting it within striking distance. The the bronze bull is very fast on the salt plains. Uh, but the, the Terran tries to open his mouth. And you see as he does, like with great effort, you see in his actual, like between his teeth, you see a pink crystal like push up and it forcibly eject like two teeth from his mouth in a stream of blood. Ooh. That's oh. pretty metal. And he just gurgles, execution. Maybe we should just like, I'm saying maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should put this guy out of his misery. It sounds bad, but also, I don't know. I wouldn't want crystals growing in my mouth. As he says that, there's like another burst of pink energy from around him. And the bull tries to run Vindross over, but because she failed on her deception at an angle where he doesn't immediately go into the hole. So... Uh, Vindross, uh, 11, that's nothing to Vindross. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not touching me. Okay, so Vindross, the, fl- the flavor I want to put on this is that you're very, 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 very strong. So this bull, like, runs full speed at you, and you just, with four arms, like, reach out and grab the horns and, like, push back on it, and you slide a couple of inches and stop at the edge of the hole. Can I attempt to push it back a little bit further so it's in the hole? Well, your your back is to the hole. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, and it's not your turn, but we'll talk about that on your okay, turn. Cool. Uh, Lola, it's your turn. Uh, Vindross is wrestling with the 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 bronze bull. It's a it's completely made out of bronze. It's not animate. Uh, the executioner's on the back. You see, uh, his eyes begin to bleed as crystals form around the edges of his tear ducts. What do you do? I want to tell Stuart to kick the 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 sad man with the with the crystals in his mouth <laughs> into the pit. All right, so strength check against uh, the executioner with Stuart. Or I guess he'd have to be the bull, really. Yeah. Because he can't. Stuart doesn't have the height. Yeah, but he's got a low center of gravity. 12. Fuck. Boop, boop. I believe in you. Three. I was wrong to believe in you. <laughs> you were so wrong to believe in me. To be fair, I am often wrong to believe in myself. So. <sighs> All right, so Stuart is going to take no. uh, only three damage as he ru- Stuart runs up and tries to headbutt the, the bronze bull into the hole, and it just turns and knocks him away with its horns. Oh, uh, you, still have, you still have the rest of your turn. So Ranger, you have action, bonus action, movement, and then animal stuff. So you st- still have your turn. All right, so I'm going to shoot this guy in the face with my... I'm, I'm aiming for right between the eyes, but that's probably generous um but i hate it and he looks like things hurt anyway and i rolled an eight so never mind you botched i sure did botch so roll damage against vindross who you shoot in the back no well oops i you know if you think about it now we're even even for what I rolled a nine. I I was willing to let you go as soon as the person who you had secrets about was happy that you were safe. You still tied me up. Okay, fine. We're even. Okay. <laughs> Vindross, you get shot in the back by one of Stuart's quills, which is what Lola uses for ammo, and it's a, like a burning lance in your back, and it hurts like hell. Um, it's going to be difficult to push this bull back with that in your back. Actually, at the end of your turn, Lola, uh, you learn about something called legendary actions, which is something. Oh, that- I just now learned about it, huh? 
In character. Out of character, Lauren should know about legendary actions. You know Lauren knows. It's a thing bosses can do so that they uh, don't immediately die when they're outnumbered, which is they can act on the end of the player character's turns. So at the end of your turn, the executioner says, like, under his breath, in fact, in a deluge of his own teeth and blood and pink crystals that pour out of his mouth as he says it, he says, Execution! And roll dexterity saving throw. Never mind, I got... 18. That's a success. So he says that, and there's a whooshing noise above you as a guillotine blade drops out of the air in a burst of pink magic. How do you do that? I want to learn how to do that. You take only one damage as it barely nicks you as it slams into the ground and sticks there. Gotta be faster or kill me. This would be a really useful technique to know for the uh, for the upcoming revolution. <laughs> yeah, can I learn how to do a real life guillotine? Just like materialization i would not use it for bad reasons i promise <laughs> corton it's your turn all right well then corton's going in to go indirect because he's not gonna put vindras at, at risk um, with that and so he's gonna draw the sword and charge in d- dumbly <laughs> um 24 that's a crit Damn. All right. Corton sees Vindros in trouble and just runs forward and rams his sword uh, through the executioner. Roll damage on that. Uh, Four. It's going to crit. So it's eight. All right. You see as the sword uh, goes right through this guy's guts that the blood that comes out is like weirdly clotted. It almost reminds you of like wet sand, but it's pink. I was to say curdled milk. Yeah, or that. I mean, it could be. It could be a lot of things. It's. It's. It's like his blood is filling with these pink salt oh crystals. My God, is it like curdled Pepto Bismol? <laughs> but that's what you're saying. Uh huh. At the end of your turn, Corton, a dexterity saving throw. Uh, nine. That's a failure. Uh, you're it sure up, is. You're up close because you put your sword in his gut. So he just leans down to you and whispers in your ear, "Execution." And you take only three damage, very bad rolls, as all around you materializes a almost like a hailstorm of small stones, which all begin flying towards you, just stoning you from every angle. I mean, this is sort of how we always expected to go in the end, but... <laughs> Vindros, your turn. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a big old swing with that axe baloney. Let's see how that do. Also, hearing you say guts is probably the worst part of my day, Austin. I'm sorry. Uh, 20? Guts is a terrible word. I assume 20 hits? It sure does. Let's roll that damage. Uh, seven damage. All right, Vendros, you were wrestling with the bull's horns, and then you just like take a step to the side, whip out the axe, and slash the executioner from the other angle. So, like... Uh, uh, Corton came from one, put the sword through him, and then you came from the other and slash him. You were doing oh, some great yeah, teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's still he's still on the bowl, and the bowl is still at the edge of the hole. Uh, and of course, he turns to you. Actually, like he turns to look at you, uh, Vindros. And since he was looking at Corton, his head has to turn like 180 degrees. <gasps> and you no. see, you see the muscles and tendons in his neck sh- first strain and then snap with like oh. gross wet pops. And then, Why? <laughs> then through the neck meat bursts more pink crystals as he tries to gurgle execution at you, but can no longer form full words. Neck meat. Dexterity saving throw. See, I was hoping that saying the word executioner was a verbal component to the spell that was no longer functioning. 
Okay, what dexterity did you say? God, this poor man's neck. Eleven. Uh, that actually, nope, it was twelve. You fail, and you're gonna take uh, only one damage. These oh, rolls. No. Maybe if you hadn't filled them full of curdled pe- Pepto Bismol, Austin. Yeah. What happens is underneath you, uh, Vindros, uh, a crucifix, a full-size wooden crucifix, uh, materializes and flies upward and like hits you in the jaw. But you are just fully armored and badass, and you just totally no sell it. I mean, who hasn't been hit in the jaw by a by a crucifix at some point? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a life experience I'm still waiting to experience. It's a it's a rite of passage. I'll know I have truly lived if I get fucking clocked in the face with the crucifix. Uh, boss is going to do three legendary actions, so it's actually Sabrina's turn, and she does not have to worry about an execution. Hot diggity. Uh, so, Austin, before I take my turn, I have to ask, does Sabrina know this person at all? No. You asked that when you met him in the hallway in the, the, the stadium, but no. Which is a good reminder for the audience, which is the only reason why I asked it. I definitely remembered that part. <laughs> uh, Chris is infallible. So, I, I know that trying to cast sleep won't work. So, against every part of her, Sabrina is going to conjure an ice knife and throw it at... This executioner dude ball. Doesn't that explode and aren't Vindros and Corton in melee range? It's interesting you say that, Austin. <laughs> so one of my meta magics, which is a thing that sorcerers get, is the ability to cast careful spell so that I can automatically spend one of my sorcery points to basically say a certain number of creatures automatically will save on their saving throw. So I'm going to use one of my sorcerer points to automatically say that Vindros and Corton will save against the uh will save against the shrapnel explosion afterwards and then not take any damage. That's a real thing. That's, oh, that's a real real That's nice so good. Though. Whoa. So, I'm going to start and throw my dagger. Uh 20. Yep, that hits. So, it's going to deal 5 piercing damage and then it's going to explode so they need to make a DC 13 dexterity saving throw. Nine fail. They fail. They suck. So <laughs> they're going to take seven cold damage. All right, yeah. So you throw that knife right into the executioner's chest. It stops for a moment, looks down at it. The knife explodes, ripping his chest open. Uh, just rib cage exposed, like some kind of terrible bleeding mouth. And you see also that this entire chest cavity is full of pink crystals. And actually, they're like beginning to grow over the ribs, even as you see uh, oh. this cavity exposed. And the executioner does not take it personally, and just mutters under his breath about execution with what tongue he has left. And then after casting my spell, I'm going to use my Sorcerer Origin ability to make a royal order, and I'm going to order Vindros to make a weapon attack. Uh, eight. Does eight hit? It does not, no, unfortunately. No, Vindros is, is resisting this. What the fuck is going on here? I think we flavored it specifically as giving you like the energy, like the the magical okay, okay. confidence. You're not being mind controlled. The, the impression I got was that this was ah, now I magically force you to do this. <laughs> no, it's like it's an inspiring royal leader telling you to do something. 
So you swing the axe baloney up at the executioner who blocks it with his forearm, which now has fully crystallized and just blocks it with his arm. And so it does not cut through. Um, and now it is the executioner's turn. No. Um, the bull rears up on its hind legs and then slams down on its front legs while exhaling a stream of fire from both of its nostrils uh, at Corton and Vindros. Dexterity saving throw. Actually, constitution saving throw for fire. Oh, six. <laughs> Do you still like yeah, it? Well, look, hey, it doubled what I rolled. <laughs> 17. All right, so Vindros takes half, Corton takes full, nine damage from the the jets of flames from inside this bronze bull, which it has just this uh, terrible fire burning inside it. You can see it in its eyes, and now it's just jets out of its nostrils right at the people in melee range. All right, so I am going to uh, knock another quill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to aim the heck bow. Mm-hmm. I'm still going for the uh, pterodactyl guy's head. Yep. And I rolled an 11. That's not going to do it. Dang. Okay. All right, Stuart. Well, he botched. So. Oh, my God. You botched again. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> Stuart's killing us all. Yeah, I think this time you hit Corton because I don't want to think of picking on Vindraw specifically. <laughs> This is very interesting, too, because this whole episode was like the whole first act was of the suspicions about you. And now you've shot two party members. This is just a uni- comic humorty humorty. This is a cosmic comedy by the universe. Don't read into it. Please don't tie me up again. I mean, I think at this point you, you have no legs to stand on being all snarky about, oh, no one trusted me. <laughs> All right, Corton takes a quill to the side. And now, actually, at the end of your turn, Lola, legendary action, dexterity saving throw. The guillotine blade is coming for you again. It just pulls itself out of the ground and flies at you. 19. Oh, God. <laughs> I love how confident you sounded. I was like, fish, no. Uh, so you take two damage. God, this guillotine is not doing what I was hoping it was going to do. That's because we're not the rich. It only works on the rich, right? Oh, yeah. It's only super effective against them. Corton, you have a you're just burned badly, and you just got shot by your own teammate. What do you do? Sorry. Cor- Corton's gonna stagger a few steps back and cast cure wounds on himself. Fair enough. Uh, uh, I mean, at the end of your turn, dexterity saving throw from an execution. Jesus Christ. That's a botch on that roll. What is up today? It's a botch. So I get five hit points. Do you need Whoop. some more? The shit. No, I probably will ultimately need some more, but... Okay. At least I'm not dead. I, I mean, I might be, depending on on how this goes, but... Um, all right, and then it's a... Is it, you said dexterity check? You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. No. Yeah. Uh, you take five damage from being stoned. Not in a fun way. So, cool! Hey! Net loss, right? No, no. Just, 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 uh, no loss at all. Right where I started. Cure wounds for five, stoning for five. You cancel out, and it's Vindros's turn. Uh, Vindros is also going to attempt to cure wounds. Hopefully this one goes better for you, Corton. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Twelve. That That's significantly better. Hooray! Hooray! End of your turn, Vindros. Execution, dexterity saving throw. Eight. Ah, 
three damage as uh, another crucifix oh, hits you. No. You're being bullied by crucifixes. I mean, the church just really isn't ready for what I have to offer. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to do a very similar thing to last time. I'm going to cast Ice Knife. However, this time I'm going to be casting at a second level because that's the last spell slot I have left. Oh. And then I'm going to use a sorcery point so that Corton and Vindros aren't hit by the shrapnel. So let's see how this goes. Uh, so 21 to hit. Hits. They're going to take seven piercing damage, and then they have to roll that de- dexterity saving throw, beating 13. 10. All right, so they're going to take a little extra damage as well. Oh, boy, those numbers are real bad. What but, the fuck is today? B- but I have another meta magic called Empowered Spell, where I'll just spend my last sorcery point and make myself worthless. I can roll a number up to my charisma modifier of damage dice for a spell. So I have three charisma. I'm just going to roll all three of those again. All right. Well, that didn't go much better. In fact, it's exactly the same. No, it went exactly the fucking same. Oh, what the fuck? Hey, no, no, no. The one moved from the right-hand side to the That's middle. <laughs> you the shuffled first two them were around. one, two, one, and then it went one, one, two. Well, you take four cold damage. This thing is fucking with us. Girl it's not. Funny, I will find you. It's very funny that you spent all your spell slots and all your sorcery points, uh, because Sabrina Wolfram, I need you to paint me a picture of your first murder. Oh no! Oh, that's fun. Baby's first murder! Oh my god, we're gonna make a scrapbook. So, I like to think that she's seen her allies getting attacked, and they're trying to kind of, like, heal through it, but the damage is so big. So, Sabrina, who's kind of been very adverse to fighting so far, is just gonna take this knife and throw it. And it's going to, like, connect right in the executioner's neck. And she's like, oh, no. And then it explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And then there's just nothing left of that head afterwards. (laughs) Like a small grenade just went off in this dude's uh, fucking neck. Yeah, you blow his head clean off. A couple things happen simultaneously. One is that all the executioner um, devices dissipate in like a puff of pink magic the second thing is his body slumps off the bronze bull and onto the ground the third is the bull starts billowing fire from its nostrils and the metal begins to like warp and creak and the fire is clearly getting like hotter and hotter and hotter and like the whole thing is like making a terrible whistling like a teapot but it's increasing like louder and louder and louder so uh, after i cast my spell I want to use my royal order to tell Corton to move. So he gets to make a bunch of movement ahead of all this happening. Yay! <laughs> Athletics to run from the bronze bull as it explodes. Corton with advantage. Okay. Who's running? Just Corton? Corton and Vindros are the only ones in melee range. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry I wasted the 16 then. <laughs> Not <laughs> how that's going to haunt you later. Nope, that, that's how it is. I got a 13 with fucking advantage. <laughs> Roll 20, such a bitch. Uh, 17. All right, so even with advantage, Corton failed and Vindros succeeded. Very funny. (sighs) Here comes damage. 15. Good, 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 good. 15 to to Corton and 7 to Vindros. Is everybody okay? Everybody's okay. Um, I'm still standing. Yeah, define okay. 
the bronze bowl explodes with the force of a, a bomb you've never experienced before. It leaves a crater in the ground and just metal shrapnel goes everywhere, but you all run away. Uh, Corton takes a piece to the back. Vindra, something hits your armor and knocks you sideways, but you don't uh, get pierced by it. And everyone else gets far enough away, but it rips like half of the bus in uh, uh, to oh, shreds. No, our bus. We were going to paint it and roam around the world with it. And suddenly the air is full of pink crystalline dust from what whatever's left of the executioner whose body was destroyed. I would like to like put my shirt over my nose and mouth. Yeah, does anyone have like gust to blow it away? I do not. But I, I don't have want to breathe ray of frost. That's nothing. Can I freeze them before it would turn into dust that would get into my mouth? Is that how science works? <laughs> Purify food and drink so that the salt is no longer magical. I'm putting I'm putting socks over the uh, sloth green's nose and snout, and I'm putting a sock over Stuart's snout because socks are snout shaped. I'm sorry. Are we just gonna gloss over Laura? Just refer to that man's flesh as food and drink. <laughs> well, it's I a, mean, the, it is the apocalypse, right? Well, there's salt in the air. The the salt crystals. Salt is food. <laughs> Not if it's a man's flesh. Hey, hey, if a man's flesh is also salt... Yeah, because it sounds like he got turned to salt. I assume he turned entirely to salt and exploded. Yeah, Katakuri was a mochi man and Luffy ate him a couple times. If you really think about it, if we don't eat his body, then it's disrespecting his memory. (laughs) I love when you say, if you think about it. I always say, if you think about it, right before I'm about to say some bullshit I don't believe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how you really know I'm on one. When I start a sentence with, if you really think I'll, about it. I'll argue this. In a post-apocalypse scenario where we have to conserve our... Like, we actually have to keep track of rations and make sure we have enough supplies. I think an exploded man's body is food. All right, if you had cannibalism on your Season 7 bingo card, feel free to take that space. You earned it. It only took five episodes. Congratulations. I just want to feed him to Christian Snail. He's a very hungry snail. All right, so you have defeated a boss character, (laughs) which means everyone's going to level up. We'll do that between episodes and talk about what that means at the beginning of the next episode. But in the meantime, why don't you all uh, try to heal up your wounds in character, role play that out, discuss what happened and so forth. There's half the bus is left. So you can sleep for the night, but you'll be all kind of crammed together, which is a little awkward because Lola shot two of you. And also one of you committed your first murder. So there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) medicine to try and patch up the steward oh i'm like let me get that quill i rolled a three let me get that quill out with this other quill hold on <laughs> okay. i'm like let me get it uh, uh everyone is fully healed because that's how level ups work so you don't actually have to roll for anything but that was funny but yeah just this is all role play dealing with what just happened and each other and all that so i'm not used to you know fighting things with the team and so I'm, you know, if I fight things, I'm like just shooting, and you know, it's okay if the aim isn't 100 percent because there's usually like a bunch of guys chasing me. But uh, you know, sorry about that. Would you like uh, a shiny rock as penance? Ow. <laughs> I mean, your friend. Um, I mean, it's not the first time I've been poked. I'll put it that way. But no, no. <laughs> No. Hey, we no. Hey, we respect pegging here on Dice Funk. Damn right. <laughs> I was gonna say Lola offers like a smooch to make your wound feel better, but that feels like signing up for things she's not ready for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll, I'll, what I'll do, because I don't, I'll just have Sloth Green boop it with his nose, because he heals, right? No, oh, Sloth Green's with me. Still, well, yeah, but so. I get to hold him sometimes. He's my child. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay, okay. Yeah, it's come from my motherhood here. Custody <laughs> dispute. Whoa. To the courts. No, uh, but I'm going to have him uh, do his weird snout extendy guy to your wounds. I mean, I've like, really got to learn how he does that. Uh, <laughs> y'all know what gooey ducks are? What? Um, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm not... It's spelled Geoduck. It's very right. It's a right. Uh, it's just well, guys that I need to find out how he does it. I was thinking about those guys because that's what they do. Oh, because I I typed gooey ducks in, and that was not the thing to search. <laughs> no, it's a weird that is penis. Not, don't shellfish. search gooey ducks. I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> I searched the same thing. Oh no, what's wrong, you guys? Okay, let me find a picture of a shellfish for y'all. No, this. Oh wait, no, this is the exact thing. Actually, that's disgusting. I don't want to hear that. Hey, guys, I murdered somebody. What's up with that? <laughs> that's very funny that they expect you to misspell gooey duck, and so that the Google results are the same for the misspelling and the correct spelling. Is it really? That's why I ask because that's what they do. Yeah, they're they're snails that look like penises. Is what mm-hmm. for the audience? And they like grow longer sometimes. What, like, penises. what if clam just had a dick coming out of it? <laughs> what if clam? But dick. What if? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm looking at the images here, which I regret. And there's one that says Bloomberg Business Week. And it's some kind of, just some kind of graphic. But let me tell you, it's a person holding a gooey duck shaft. I don't know, man, but it's much longer than it should be, and I don't like it. I don't like any of this. Can we talk about literally anything else? Well, I do have one more thing I need to add before we move on. Because when you said gooey duck, I heard gooey ducked, as in D-U-C-T. <laughs> it's pretty similar, honestly. And I had a whole other thing. We were, so, this, yeah, there's no stopping this train. I want to hear your thing, Conrad. How can we traumatize Austin today? <laughs> okay, so yeah, a lot just happened. Talk about it. Uh, sorry I shot you. Don't look up gooey duck. <laughs> I thought this episode was going to be called Roll for a Hole, but is it Don't Google Gooey Duck? <laughs> That's pretty good, honestly. Uh, yeah, uh, what, 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 Wolf? <laughs> how, yeah, how you doing back there? I didn't see a body anywhere. Do you think he's okay? I don't think he's going to be a problem for us anymore. I don't think we have to worry about him. I thought his head disappeared, but then everything's gone, so... Something you gotta learn as you get older, uh, Brina Bina. Sometimes the right thing to do is... It feels really bad to say put somebody out of their misery. Um, But, you know, I always say it's a quantity of life over quality of life. Let me tell you, I don't think having crystals... Knock out your teeth is a quality of life I would want, so... Why would that happen, though? I don't know exactly what magics made that happen. Uh, that's something we should look into. I don't know who we're gonna ask, but I'm gonna write that on my arm. Sabrina's gonna look to Corton and say, You're weird, but you know a lot of things. Do you know why that would happen? (laughs) You're weird, but you know a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, yikes. Um... 
like to, uh, I'm thinking an arcana check might be in order for that. Uh, yeah, I'll chip in. 19. Well, that's, that's something. Two. So I want to say for the record, I don't always uh, explicitly walk through every NPC's abilities because the important things what the player characters were doing. So Zer was throwing knives at the executioner during that fight. I just didn't stop to talk about it too much because we were doing other things. But Zer has been here and he was in the conversation with Diana about the God King. So with 24 from him and uh, 19 from Vindros, uh, the party knows a little bit about what's what's going on here, which is that the uh, God King is what is called a conduit which essentially is what makes him a god. He has a special connection to godlike powers. None of you are really uh, experts in philosophy that you would like be able to explain this in depth. But essentially, he ha- he controls phenomenal cosmic powers uh, in which he can bestow them in a limited capacity on his minions, but doing so is fatal. Okay, so he infects them with, with magic pink salt crystals, but... They they slowly they become more crystal than person. Yeah, for a short time they are able to access conduit powers, but it's too much for their their body because they don't have a direct connection. They're going through the God King, and he just his power overwhelms and destroys them. Cool, but that doesn't make sense. Everything that he just did. Did, that was that was killing that man. Well, technically, that man was already dead. It was just a matter of time. It, you want to think of it as an act you performed. You put it out of its misery. But that's not the father's powers. That they're, they're not supposed to do something like that. Well, I mean, you say he doesn't have those powers. He clearly does. We've just come up against them. It may be a matter of him not telling you. Secrets. He probably is a liar. Well, I mean, if you're a king, you just about always gotta be a liar, am I right? Sorry, Bina. It's just a joke. My name's not Bina. I'm the White Wolf. Okay, alright, well. Okay, my bad. Just trying to be nice. White Wolf. Ma'am. Miss Miss White Wolf. Miss Princess White Wolf. Not Princess, we don't say that. Miss Miss White Wolf. Oh, that's right. We're not allowed to say that. Okay. Uh now Stuart's the princess. <laughs> you hear that, Stuart? Please insert. <laughs> no, you're making noises. more work for me. I'd have to go find porcupine noises. <laughs> but imagine how happy it would be if it, if he knew he was a princess. Mm-hmm. We do have to cheer him up because he got hit in the head. Sabrina's very, very contemplative. She's been getting bombshell after bombshell the past uh, basically day, essentially. I think probably longer than that. It's been uh, a couple days. You slept in the you slept in the forest, and you slept. Well, since since we met the bat people. Oh, okay, yeah. And they revealed that her mom might be dead and she might be part of a eugenics program. Like that stuff, you know, is also currently on her head. So Um, I think as the the night's winding down, uh Zer like leans over to you, Lola, in your sleeping bag, and his like big toothy canine mouth kinda just lowers to your ear and he says, If you shoot me, I'm going to let you borrow many knives. I don't know who you think you're talking to right now. 
don't know what thinks what makes you think that you got the right to talk to me the way you do, but I caught my eye on you, Batman. I I think of it as a kind of sharps exchange program. No, no, I don't know. Do you got some beef with me? Wait, do we have beef? You I'm little, hungry. You little sly motherfucker. I think he gives he gives you like a playful bite and flies away. Is, is, is this like kindergarten? Is this is this cause he likes me? Is that why he's bullying me? He just did a playful bite? I don't know. That's what that's what mama always said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go back into the Stuart belly. I'm I am done. No more notes for me to have bitten by bat people. I'm gonna fully face first into the Stuart belly. We seem to have stumbled into into what's the word for this? <laughs> a problem that isn't ours. Yeah, yeah, a problem that is happening around us. It's orbiting us. I worry about the child. She's dangerous, but ill-prepared. Not necessarily in the best place mental health-wise right now, with with all of the things happening. And very driven to a specific goal, and that feels like a very dangerous combination. No, no, I I was trying to think about something, but no, he's just going to let that pass. Uh, So the party sleeps in what's left of the rusted old school bus, and then as the sun rises, you finally are within walking distance of Harp City. Uh, Do you want to roll anything... Uh, maybe history, I think, before you get there, just in case you want to be prepared. Six. I think it's all harps all the time. Fourteen. I crit. Nice. <laughs> uh, Twelve. All right, so the party succeeds, and Corton has a crit. So, Corton, you're 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 the knowledgeable one here, huh? I I guess so. He's he he may have been here before, may have may, may have passed this way previously. Uh-huh, that's, okay, so this is going to be very interesting. So the party uh, is walking across the salt flats. You can see in the distance some long rectangular shape, and as you get closer, you all see Harp City, which is, once again, to the audience and to the players, clearly a skyscraper that has fallen over on its side, uh, but to the players, it's just like a long place. It's like a, a like maybe like a weird outside cave. I don't know if you can even conceptualize what a skyscraper is in the post-apocalypse. Does it look like Pueblos? Maybe. Here's the thing about it. It is actually much nicer than you may have thought. Like the way I'll say it is like if a skyscraper fell over, it would be destroyed. (laughs) That's how physics works just because of how heavy it is and how fast it would fall. But just like how the trees in the glass forest exist in a state which defies physics as we know them, uh, Harp City similarly is in a much nicer state than it should be. Physics kind of went out to lunch a little bit around the apocalypse for reasons which the characters don't know. And so this thing has fallen over almost intact and is uh, every floor instead of being stacked on top of each other is now uh, like next to is now like consecutively next to each other, a bunch of individual like homes and businesses all arranged horizontally instead of vertically across the salt plain. Um, And you all see this from a distance and it looks like pretty organized and pretty, nice like it's not like a grim gritty mad max like people fighting each other for the last grain of rice like you see people who are like 
standing outside their little units trying to sell things. You see people who are going about their business who look are dressed in like relatively nice clothing. You see uh, people uh, walking with animals around. You, like you, you don't feel immediately in danger. Corton, uh, you've been here before, and I think you know where to go. So you start leading the pack. Um, before we get there, though, does anybody have anything they want to say about what you see? Oh, oh, it's a lovely place. What kind of food they got? Because what kind of cuisine? Oh, I once ate, I once ate slugworms off of the belly. <laughs> of- <laughs> you guys can feel free to interrupt me at any time no, 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 I start I- <laughs> doing that. I don't know. I don't know what slugs are. Our bellies are. Never heard of such a thing. Maybe I can. Maybe there's like a. So you think there's like a pet salon? Maybe I can get Stewart and Mister Green. Uh, oh, I know. All the places you're going to love it here. It's it's a fantastic place to meet new people. Um, you what know. about new animals? You know, I I'll be honest. I spend a lot of time with animals. I wonder if there's these things I heard of called cats. <laughs> Reaches back and scratches uh, uh, sloth green absent-mindedly, like there's a thing there that's not supposed to be there. Where would someone go to find information about people? Uh, This is where uh, Corton's crit's gonna come into play. I'm gonna say he's been here before and he knows enough to know, like, which parts are probably not conducive to his activities. Parts where, like, he might draw security and, like, guard attention. He wouldn't want to go there. And he knows, uh, like, where to go if you're looking for information. Um, so he's going to lead the party over there. We won't roll because you crit. And I will say you find yourself in like the uh, couple floors. Like they don't think of them as floors because the skyscraper is sideways. They think of them as like districts. You find yourself in the insect district of Harp City where there are Thrycreen, the mantis folk like Vindros, but also an ant kind of people. Oh, I Oop. love them. Yeah. They're called Formians, uh, F-O-R-M-I-A-N-S. Uh, the early illustrations in the D&D books are literally just like pictures of ants. They don't really have much human. <laughs> like they're they're very much like, what if ants but bigger? It's pretty pretty lazy, but there's some better art in later books. I was looking for a, an image that you put in the roll 20, expecting it to be from a bug's life. And I'm very disappointed in you right now. So this this is just bug town. Bugtown! That's a great name for a district, honestly. Um, yeah, this is a dis- the whole of Harp City is in Bugtown, but there is a Bugtown part, and that's where Corton knows he'll be safe. Because if he goes to one of the nicer parts, they'll be like, oh, this guy is a f- creep, and we're going to call the guards. Ah, uh, here they are. Oh, my people. <laughs> Look at it. It's just an ant with a hat. <laughs> it's just an ant with a hat. <laughs> It's just like he's like bent half his body up, and he's like, "Hey, now I have a hat. Now I'm a people." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love his hat. Oh God, he's <laughs> a good fucking hat. I don't know why it's so funny, but it's the funniest thing I've seen all day. It's <laughs> his little javelin. He's like, it's, I'm gonna give. It's the look on his face like, yeah. The determination on this poor man's face. Uh, so the party like finds themselves amongst all these insects, and they know here's where they, they can uh, find information about uh, traders and caravans that they can send back to the forest in exchange for information about Sabrina's mom. 
So uh, why don't we roll something here? What's uh what's a good roll to to establish this trade route? Uh, persuasion. Yeah. I'm having to fight back the urge to ask if I can get advantage because I'm a throw queen and there's throw queen here. Laura, <laughs> <laughs> we poisoned uh, you. I got a 15. All right, let me do it too. I was thinking about trying to busk outside, but because then you get treats with it, but I'm going to roll. I rolled a 17. I was helpful. Yeah, the party succeeds. 15, 19, and 17 all succeed. Uh, so you all walk uh, into the insect district. There are Thrykeen and Formians. They see Vindros, so they feel somewhat at ease. Uh, but it's really Sabrina who is dressed very nicely that they all respect because messing with a rich person is a good way to get some of your legs ripped off by the guards. Relatable. Uh, so they see your, your fancy clothes and your metal dagger, and when you ask them if they, you know where the traders are, they point you uh, to a, a local um, a merchant who can help you with your uh, needs. And so you enter uh, this person's place of business. It used to be a like a, a, a floor in the skyscraper that sold insurance, but now it is Ugh. where bug people uh, coordinate. Uh, food and uh, supplies like um, textiles and weapons and that just out of the skyscraper. And so you just march in. Uh, it is a pretty sparsely decorated place. Um, the walls have all been like all the glass has been covered so people can't peek in and see. But it does. It isn't like creepy. There's like a little uh, crystals in here that glow and give off like a nice warm light. And you walk in and you see the proprietor who is a Thrykreen like Vindros, uh, but they are an orchid mantis. Have you ever Ooh, seen an orchid mantis? Oh, yeah. Also, let me just say, I feel like there's a really good nature is healing joke in the insurance office for mm-hmm. being taken over by people. I just want to say that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it's been improved drastically by being <laughs> infested yeah, with orchid bugs. Orchid mantises are very pretty. Yeah, so this uh, thrycreen has a kind of pinkish white so coloration. They look like the, a flower, basically. They look like orchids. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting uh, like at their their desk and they're doing paperwork. Hello, I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I <clears throat> I'm I'm somebody. I need to help establish a trade route with the bat folk over in the glass woods. The big scary monster's not a factor anymore. Uh, we we don't have permit permission to trade with the the glass forest or the, the bat folk, even if the the demon's gone. Well, uh, well, why would I even believe the demon's gone? Because I'm telling you it's gone, and you can trust me. I don't know who you are. I'm the White Wolf. Well, yeah, well, m- m- my name's Young, so... Nice to meet you, Young. So why can't you trade with the Glass Forest? Uh, we, we don't have permission from the go- God King. Well, what if I gave you permission? You're a child. <laughs> yes, but I'm an important child. <laughs> Vindros is just looking around in all directions trying to be like is anyone is anyone listening to what this child's saying is there anyone we need to be aware of so this is an interesting complication Sabrina being overheard might be dangerous do you want to do something about this Vindros uh, somebody should make a roll or some cast a spell or something yeah my, my first thought was perception to, to see if anyone if anyone seemed to be picking up on the conversation, try and keep an eye on if anyone was paying attention yeah, yeah. Uh, seven, I'm not terribly perceptive twenty Ooh. well I'm glad one of us is <laughs> and it's not me but I got a fourteen 
Um, yeah. So 20 and 14 means the, the party succeeds. I think actually what happens here is some of the, the Mantis or some of the Thrykreen that work here, the Mantis folk, uh, begin trying to eavesdrop, but Lola has a bow and Corton has a sword covered in weird gore. And as you, uh, like you clock their, uh, their eavesdropping, right? You see them and that makes them like walk away, like pretending like they weren't listening. So you protect Sabrina simply by observing them. I would like, in order to scare them away, I would like it to be like an old school Western where I like tip my hat in a menacing way. Ooh, I love a menacing hat tip. That's very good. And a glare and like, I'll get out of here now. And uh, Corton's going to uh, brush his hair back away from his face and <laughs> cock a, an eyebrow. Totally not subtle. Um, so so young, the Thrykreen is going to need some evidence that you've destroyed the the white glass demon and they're going to need some evidence that Sabrina is an important child for this to continue. Oh, I can, I can prove about the, um, the, the robot being, being destroyed. I have a drawing of a religious sex robot idol and caught on that will prove (laughs) what has occurred. That's true. Look at, look at this important sketch of what occurred. It's so, it's such a simple solution, but the fact that you had to say that sentence is really worth it. (laughs) Uh, so remove that from your inventory. You're going to give that to oh, Young. Oh, do I have to give it away to to show it? I can't just go, here it is, and now I put it away in my bag. Well, but now you can draw it again from memory and make it even sexier. I was going to say, it will, giving it to a merchant means it will spread throughout. Oh, okay, okay. As long as it spreads, as long as I'm not giving it away to, like, you know, the story ends here. No, no, this is this is furthering this plot line. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so Vindros, you give a uh, you give it the, the, your drawing of the white glass demon over to Young, who looks at it and says, w- "Well, if you got if you got this close, I guess I guess you must have taken care of it because no one's ever seen it up this close. Where's it? Where where's the ding dang legs? Doesn't have no ding dang legs. We ate them. No. Oh, and like instinctively, uh, they withdraw their legs up, <laughs> like." <laughs> Very scared. Well, them all. all the legs. It's fine. There's no. There's no. There's no meat on the bones on your legs. Don't worry. But yeah, Young says, I, "I, I, even if the demon's gone, if if we don't have permission, we can't just go trading with the the bat folk. They're not." Slam! Si- I'm gonna put my dagger on the table. I'm gonna say, "I come with the authority of the God King himself." What does that mean? It means. Do as I say, because the God King told me to be here. Uh, so that's a deception, because you're lying, so roll that. I want to jump in on this, be like, why do you think she's got such powerful guards with her? I got a 12. Oh no, I tried to flex, and I rolled an 8, and instead it does that thing in cartoons where my like muscles go upside down. Because I'm so weak. Okay. Young says, any, any, anybody can just come in here and say the God King gave them permission. You don't have any proof. You're going to get me killed. Get out of here. I have the dagger. Anyone can have a dagger. I have a dagger. It has the insignia of the royal family and it's made of metal. Do you have that? No. Well, that's because I have, I carried the, I carried the God King's will. And it's a knife. And it's a metal knife. Also, look at this. I'm going to take Sloth Green off of Koran's back and be like, how can you say no to this? <laughs> <laughs> and like have him boop her in the snoot or have him boop them in the snoot with their snoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young takes, so Young's arms, because they're a mantis, right? They have the kind of bladed forearms and they like very 
stealthfully kind of uh, do something under the table, like a panic button in a bank, and you all hear the sounds of insect people closing in on this location. All right, well. So Sabrina's just going to sigh, and she's going to be like, how dare you defy the child of the God King? It's true. You've really done it now. Uh, all the insect people immediately back off, and Young like straightens up and says, one more time? I'm the child of the God King, and I ask for your aid. Well, there's a, there's a really easy way to figure out if that's true. Oh, no. How's that? Is it Ransom? We'll just we'll just take you to your to your sibling and we'll just ask them. Which one? Uh-oh. Which sibling is that? 